Hello. Due to unforeseen circumstances, we are not able to bring you the usual diminishing returns goodness that you crave on a weekly basis this week, I'm afraid. However, we've been through this rodeo before. I think if you remember last time this happened, Alan dug into the archive and pulled out some clips from episodes that he'd uh, he'd been editing. Well, I'm doing that again with a selection of never-before-heard clips from... Uh, your favourite classic episodes. As Alan said last time, our recording sessions can generally range anywhere from about three to five hours on average. We then laboriously edit it down to something listenable. But quite frankly, the vast majority of what gets cut is just us having a laugh, being chummy, or, you know, often we, we just go off on complete tangents. So um, that's that's what I've been saving here for you. Uh, it's mostly a whole load of us just being silly, doing stupid impressions and voices, but I, I, I think it's good stuff. In fact, there's a moment from our Thunderball episode near the end that uh, might well be my favourite thing that we've ever recorded. So, so, you know, give it a shot, give it a chance. Enjoy. We'll hopefully be back to normal service next week, so uh, do come back and, and we'll be talking about Transformers 9 or uh, uh, Iron Man 4 or whatever's coming out. I don't know, I, I can't foresee the future. Maybe we won't be back next week. Who knows? Maybe maybe society is no more, the apocalypse has arrived, and, and this episode is the swan song from human civilization. Who knows? Even if you are huddled in a bunker, hoping that the radiation doesn't seep down deep enough to permeate your water supply, do enjoy. To begin with, I'd like you to cast your mind back to February of 2017, in which we did an episode talking about the Oscars because it was the Oscars, but we also had this tangent that we went off on all about the ITV Movie Awards. It was cut purely for time, because that episode is, at the time of me recording this little intro bit, our, our longest episode ever. I think it's about two and a half hours long. Yee. So here you are, a clip that was cut purely for time. Is that the year they gave a BAFTA to just, like, James Bond? I think it might have been. <laughs> to James James Bond for contributions to the British film industry. Oh, do you know what the shittest... Do you remember that ITV did the National Movie Awards? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. around for, like, <laughs> one year or something. Are they still going? Because they, they did it, like, consecutively for, like, two years, and then they took a two-year break and then did it again. And it was it was just, like, the most bullshit, yeah, like... Yeah, it had, it had categories, like... It was sub-MTV... It was like, yeah, best oh, yeah. categories were like best kiss, best fight. <laughs> okay, oh no, here we've got, we've got, okay, the ca- the categories in the first year in 2007 were best action adventure, best animation, best comedy, best family, best performance male, best performance female, special recognition award for Bond producers. Do you want to know who the perform- who the actors were for best male performance? Yeah, because I, I remember watching something. I remember watching one of these and like no one could be asked turning up so that some of them had sent video <laughs> messages in, but they were really... Yeah. Was this... For best male performance in 2007, we had Orlando Bloom, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean at World's <laughs> End, Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, Rupert Grint for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Daniel Craig for Casino Royale. Fair enough, he was nominated for a BAFTA that same year for that performance. Um, but the winner was Daniel Radcliffe for um, Harry what? Potter. And those are your nominee- nominees for Best Actor. No, but I, I remember I, I it was someone like Peter Jackson, or I, I can't remember. It, someone won an award and they did a video thing because they couldn't be asked going because they were like, you know, a proper film person. And I just remember them saying, thank you for this very prestigious award. And and I thought like, are you taking like, genuinely, is that like are they taking a little dig at this or are they just so like, unaware of 
Oh, fuck, fucking hell. This is how, like, in the, la- the last one was in 2011. They did away with male and female. They just had performance of the year. And Colin Firth won it for the King's Speech. But he was up against the three kids from Harry Potter. Jennifer Aniston for Just Go With It. Um, who else? Uh, okay, I'm, so I'm looking like... at the I'm looking at these now. Emma Watson won Best Performance Female. Yeah, fucking hell. against Judy Dench, Eva Green, Keira Knightley, Gemma Arterton. Shrek the Third was nominated for Best Animated Film. Can you imagine being an acting award up against Orlando Bloom and Daniel Radcliffe, and you just think, "What the fuck have I done with my career? What's what's happened?" <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. I like, I think. I think. <laughs> I think because it's like when you look at the nominations, you've got like for the last one you have like <laughs> Natalie Portman in there for Black Swan, like decent actors, and then uh, uh, just against like kids like Ben Barnes for Chronicles of Narnia. They added a musical category that didn't exist in two thousand and eight, just so they could oh. like, give some acknowledgement to Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Love Guru was nominated for Best Comedy Ooh. that year, <laughs> alongside. <laughs> Alongside St. Trinian's and Sex and the City, Juno oh won. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, what? S- St. Trinian's? Yes. But Gemma Arterton was nominated for Best Performance for St. Trinian's in the previous year. <laughs> Hang on. So, what the fuck happened there? They she just was. Didn't have a- she was, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's, that is bizarre. That is so weird. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? God. You know what, maybe it was Johnny Depp when he won the award for Sweeney Todd that year that I'm thinking of. He said thank you for this very prestigious award. No, you know what, No, you know what? I think it was Christopher Nolan because The Dark Knight oh, won Night. Best Superhero Movie. I think it was Christopher mm. Nolan, yeah. That was a year when I think a lot, because I remember Meryl Streep was actually there to collect her award that year. They had an award in the next one in 2010 for the most anticipated summer film. <laughs> most so anticipated come film? Out. What's that, like marketing? <laughs> the marketing department won the award. I don't even know what that. What the fuck? Yeah. Breakthrough film, and they, <laughs> and they gave that to the time traveler's wife. That was a big what breakthrough. What does that even though. mean? You, because you know the time traveler's wife hadn't done anything before that, apart from that successful movie, <laughs> <laughs> and went on to great and, things. And and nominated were Harry Brown, so Michael Caine, like at the end of his career. <laughs> uh, Coco before Chanel was that a Woody Allen movie? No, what? no, no that was the story a... of. Yeah, Coco Chanel. That was a Coco Chanel biopic with Audrey Oh, of course Tattoo. it is. Yeah. Paranormal Activity, like, I guess, fair enough, maybe. And Nativity, which was just, like, a load of <laughs> low-end British comedians who've been what working for a like... while. <laughs> what does breakthrough film mean? <laughs> like, Coco before Chanel. I would, I'm just looking at the director has been directing since 1993. <laughs> like, she's had a fairly established career. Audrey Tattoo has obviously been in lots of stuff. Like, what's breakthrough about Who's breaking through? <laughs> it's literally <laughs> set 40 years in the past. Special recognition that year went to Harry Potter. And they... they because obviously there wasn't a Harry Potter movie out that year, so they had to do something to get <laughs> Harry Potter involved. And uh, Screen Icon Award was added, and they gave that to Tom Cruise. Huh. The Screen Icon Award. Although Harry Potter was nominated for that year. Anyway, oh, what? Best Animated Film went to Tangled. Nominated were Despicable Me, Nomeo and Juliet, and Megamind. But not Pixar's offering from that year, which I believe was... Was that the year Toy Story 3 came out? <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. was. The King's Speech. So oh, Toy wait. Story 3 wasn't nominated. Oh, but it, it did come second place in the most anticipated summer film category in the previous year. So that's, uh, that's you know, recognition. Then they added One to Watch, Brits Going Global. So that's like the best up-and-comer award at the BAFTAs for the actors. Oh, who won that? Neil Morrissey. Ja- <laughs> Jamie Campbell Bower. Okay. Well, who, uh, I guess is kind of... A, but but he, that means he beat Andrew Garfield, who... Uh, is up for an Oscar this year. He beat Tom Hardy, who is like now a list. <laughs> he beat Henry Cavill. He beat Felicity Jones. He beat <laughs> and 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 various other people who went. He wasn't Sweeney Todd though. though. Yes. Yeah, like like the year before. This is 2011. He was in Sweeney Todd like three years earlier. <laughs> oh right, okay. Fine. <laughs> what oh, was he even? Twilight. Oh, he was in Harry Potter. He's in Twilight. Oh, okay. It was basically just the Harry Potter awards, isn't it? It's like oh my, look at. They, they had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 nominations for Best Performance of the Year. Yes! <laughs> and the difference 
differences between them. It's like, how do you judge Rupert Grint in Harry Potter against Colin Firth in The King's Speech? The like, how f- well, not favourably so, is the answer. So Colin Firth won, but he was nominated alongside Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson for Harry Potter, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost for Paul, <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter in The King's Speech, Geoffrey Rush in The King's Speech, Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network, so all these proper things, and then Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy, just because, like... <laughs> Because it's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Tron Legacy slash True Grit. So... Oh, okay. I was going to say... I don't even know what that means. That How year. do you judge... <laughs> I don't even... I... Special Recognition Award. The King's Speech. Why isn't there just like... But it won Best Drama <laughs> as well. Special Recognition is if you're not getting recognised normally, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it won Best Drama and Best Lead Actor. Or Best Actor. That's... Oh, I don't even... Anyway, there has not been an awards since May 2011. Uh, uh. So awards mean nothing, really, do they? (laughs) All the pomp and ceremony and, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but hearing that makes me appreciate the Oscars a whole lot more. Yeah. Fucking hell, come on, at least they're they're trying to be credible. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hello, it's me again. Next up, we've got a selection of clips from our live-action Disney remakes episode that we did in anticipation of Beauty and the Beast, the uh, 2017 live-action Disney Emma Watson remake. I'll start you off with a clip of us just chatting about the about a bit of promo trailer footage Alan had seen. Then there's a brief tangent where we talk about the Crow characters from Dumbo. And then lastly, there's quite an extended discussion of LeFou, who it had come out ahead of our episode that um, Josh Gad was officially playing as, well, at the time they told us Disney's first openly gay character. Don't quite know about that, but it's still a an interesting discussion about the diversity on screen in, in mainstream cinema. So there you go. Do you know what bothered me about that opening scene that they've shown about Beauty and the Beast? Mm. She's 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 prancing around and she she picks up this loaf of bread and puts it in this little kind of pouch that she's got in her dress, and then she starts touching this horse's mouth. And I was <laughs> thinking, oh, she's gonna touch the bread again, and then ugh, fuck off. As if as if you like wash your hands all the time, you dirty bastard. I've lived with you. you, you... <laughs> I'm not a dirty person. What are you talking There's about? There's no way that would like stop you from eating a loaf of bread if you've been touching a horse before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would. I don't know. Like a horse is just disgusting. I don't know. If it was a cat, I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything of it, but it's a horse. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what really jumped out at me of that. Well she lives scene. in the old days. That and the kind of unbearably twee nature. Yeah. You could have them as the four crows from Dumbo. Just lift those characters straight out. I like those crows. I know they're they're considered part of this <laughs> racially insensitive uh, uh, time, but I, I've never. I don't know. I I know I'm speaking as a, a essentially white guy here, but like, are they that bad? Half really? And half. Yeah. Are, are they that bad? Those crows. They're. I don't see how it's any different to Eddie Murphy voicing Donkey or something like that. And, I, I, that's how I kind of agree. Um, yeah, and it, I mean they weren't bad enough that they were removed from the film outright. So I'm guessing that, and they don't need like on most of the Looney Tunes DVDs where they have like Bugs Bunny like uh, like doing an actual racist uh, sort of impersonation. They normally have Whoopi Goldberg come on at the start of the DVD and say, <laughs> "Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff in here that's obviously offensive nowadays, but th- this was just commonplace <laughs> back then." So Whoopi uh, Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, they get Whoopi Goldberg to come out and uh, and she says all this stuff. But that, I, I kind of like, yeah. If if you're going to put it out on DVD, then yeah, you should put that. Can you imagine getting that getting that call. Whoopi Goldberg gets a call from her agent. It's <laughs> like I've got a job with Disney for you. Oh, great! Yeah, it's a Cheshire Cat or something. Yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I know you've just you, you've been defending Roman Polanski's like child rape, <laughs> so you might want to defend some old school racism as well. It seems to be. Uh, yeah. She's not defending it. She's just sort of saying, yeah, these attitudes are wrong now and they were wrong then, but it's here and it's, you know, part of this art, so bear that in mind when you watch it. Enjoy, kids!
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think this is completely about diversity and bringing in different aspects of modern society. Like, I can't imagine that there's going to be a homophobic, uh, you know, undertone. I think LeFou will probably, he's obvious, mm. according to the director, he's probably working through his feelings and that'll come out. Mm. And then well, I can how... imagine that everyone will probably be fine with it. Because I think the, the other thing um, to say about Beauty and the Beast is that it's going to be apparently the first Disney live action film to feature an interracial kiss. Which is another... Um... Is that between Beast and Bell? Or... <laughs> That's interspecies. <laughs> okay. Racist. <laughs> well, this are, is the are thing, they, though. Like, there's gonna, a whole... There's a whole they're going to dump of... everything in this film and then just sign it off and say, look, we've done it now, all right? <laughs> Stop going on about it. I don't know. It's, I already, think it's, already, it's already quite a controversial move in America, sadly. There's already <clears> cinema... Like, well, I was going to say chain. There's already like a drive in theatre and places like that saying they're going to boycott the film because it. How dare Disney stick their liberal agenda down our throats? And it's like, well, just fuck off. Like, just <laughs> get over it. Like, yeah, I, I don't think representing the modern world society as it is on a film mm. is really a liberal agenda, I think. I mean, obviously, people who claim that are, even if they don't openly say, you know, they're homophobic or racist or whatever, they they obviously are because... It, <laughs> un- un- no, because unless yeah. you are, why would no, you think that that was uh, even an issue? I mean, to be honest, the whole media circus about it, I think, is probably uh, 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 blowing it all out of proportion. Like, Sol, do you mm. remember Paranorman? The stop-motion yes. film from Leica yes. a, a few years ago? And yes. how, at the end of that film... It's a bit of a spoiler alert here, but there is one character who is this big buff, like jock kind of guy, and this one girl and, and Norman's, is lusting after uh, Yeah, Norman's sister throughout the film yes. is sort of tagging along because she she's like really into him. Yes, and then at the end, she sort of asks him out or something, and he oh, oh no, she says something to him, and then he just takes out his phone and is like, oh whoa, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll hang out. I'll uh, text my boyfriend and tell him to come along too, and that was it. And there was no sort of big hoo-ha about yeah. it. It was, well, it was just... It was played like a... It was a quick gag more than anything. Yeah. It was just quite an effective joke because it was like she's been trying to, you know, prove herself in front of this guy for the last 90 minutes and get his attention. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, he was gay, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, it, you know, it plays quite well in the film. It was one of the funnier bits that I remember. But, mm. but yeah, it was sadly this big thing. Well, I think... The the way to do it now, be, it, instead of yeah making this big dramatic, hey this character's gay and it's going to be all about gay issues, you just have a gay character and it's just like a normal thing. That's the way to do it now, isn't it? Like we've we've gone beyond the, the thing. Yeah. Well, well, I tell you what, I completely agree. The the one that completely somehow flew under the radar because <clears throat> Paranorman did get all the particularly conservative right wing Christian Americans up in arms and uh. you know there are all sorts of comments about i don't have a problem with it but how how am i supposed to explain this to my kids i shouldn't have to explain it to my kids and it's like well just explain that like sometimes men like men and women like women like what's the problem with like what is the problem with that <laughs> yeah. um but somehow happy feet too did the same thing and oh. like before that and like no one maybe maybe no one saw Happy Feet Two I don't know I thought it was quite a big film but but there's Matt Damon and Brad Pitt I think play two prawn shrimp things that are basically I mean I guess maybe they never overtly state they're like a couple but they're they're these two little shrimp that that go away from the big cloud of shrimp and go off on an adventure on their own and i think at one point they they sort of you know outwardly shout i love you back and forth at each other and i don't it's not played in a kind of bro bromance kind of way it's just played like they're a couple Mm. and i remembered Mm. watching it thinking well this is surprisingly progressive for Mm. a a kids Mm. film in 2011 or whenever it was yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe I was just reading too far into it, but there were, I didn't see a single bit of negative press or pushback against it. I mean, maybe it was mm. just just subtle enough to not um, upset anyone. But then mm. when you think about things like SpongeBob SquarePants upsetting people, even though he's actually not gay, um, mm. just because he's a bit camp. I don't mm. know, it's, it's all very <laughs> strange. I mean, 
I don't know. My 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 thought was almost that I don't know. I'm almost a bit sad that it's LeFou, to be honest, just because, like I say, it almost feels like a bit of a overly simplistic to just say, oh, he fancies Gaston, mm. rather than he's like just this sniveling little dickhead. And it's almost <laughs> like a disservice to gay people to cast a little sniveling well, knobhead is... as, as, the, as the one gay guy instead of just like a normal person. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's... Well, that's the flip side of it, um, I, I, I think, because as much as people can wave the flag and say, oh, great representation on screen and whatnot, he is still, as you say, this sniveling little villainous <laughs> character. It's like, I'm not sure it's presenting necessarily... I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll have a little arc in the film and he'll mm. end up being nice in the end or something. He probably will, if they're making yeah. this much of a hoo-ha out of it. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. Just reminded me actually when <clears throat> when I was um, when I've been editing the King Kong episode this week uh, in Calvin's Calvin's pitch you you pitched that there was a female version of Carl Denham yes and that she has and then there's another woman that she goes around with and they sort of get they get together yes and like we didn't mention the fact that that was a lesbian thing oh we, yeah. we just didn't I think, go into it <laughs> I realized when I was listening yeah. back to it we were just like eh, we just let that one go didn't we so, that was my own little yeah. social experiment <laughs> maybe we are we're, we're progressive anyway I was say, yeah. <laughs> it didn't, I didn't seem so. didn't to ma- make any difference so we just left it <laughs> yeah. yeah hmm well take that Hollywood <laughs> uh, me again Next up, I've got a couple of clips for you from our Guardians of the Galaxy episode, starting with a complete tangent where Alan refers back to our Fifty Shades of Grey episode, in which Calvin and myself are fairly adamant that Fifty Shades of Grey isn't a well-known phrase that the title of the book was referring to, and Alan tries to prove that it was with uh, questionable levels of success. And then after that, there's a fairly self-contained clip that doesn't really need much introduction, where we're talking about TV presenters for some reason I can't even begin to remember. You know, real-life conflicts are always, you know, they're not black and white. There's always some shades of grey, so... Fifty shades of (laughs) grey. Oh! I... Yeah, I just, you just reminded me of something there. I was listening to a, a song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls by TLC. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a, I was listening to that song yesterday for some reason. And there's a line in that about ten shades of grey. No, oh, okay. Um, so it, it must be a phrase. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, something about shades of grey is a phrase. Yeah. Well, I suppose shades of grey is a phrase, isn't it? Because, it, like I say, it's... It's when you're saying something isn't black and white, like I just did. It's, it's, yeah. I've just never. I, yeah, but you wouldn't. Say I was gonna say I've just never heard it quantified, and then I've never heard. <laughs> I've never heard Fifty Shades of Fucked Up to mean like, oh, that's a lot of shades. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it means up. that there's it's more sort of central and not quite as. Yeah. If anything, that means is Fifty Shades of Fucked Up means that he's not like hugely fucked up like he was trying to explain it's more that he's fucked up it's in a very nuanced diluted. yeah it's a very nuanced way that he's <laughs> fucked up it's more yeah, if you've got one shade of fucked up there that's bad because it's yeah. just that that one thing is really messed up so anyway i mean like, like i touched on at the start she's she's obviously like a failed actor who's fallen into presenting but doesn't anyway that's what they all are yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Are they? Because can you? I don't know. Eamon Holmes. Do you think he? Do you think if we dig it up, there's a few old episodes of The Bill with Eamon Holmes playing like a, a dodgy <laughs> fence, <laughs> like <laughs> a dodgy fence. Yeah, Nick the Greek <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to sell a car radio or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> Never seen The Bill. I bet he'd love that. <laughs> He'd be desperate for that sort of thing. Tell you what, I might cast Eamon Holmes if I was directing Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Do you not think he'd be good as like Nova Prime or something? This like grumpy, emotionless <laughs> man. Uh, I, I do actually, yeah. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs>
This is good. Oh, if we start beef with Eamon Holmes, we might actually, like, he's the kind of person who would actually rise to it, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is it. You're right. We need to start beef with, um, you know, like, real, like, C-list, British C-list celebrities. Like, <laughs> like, um, like, say, Eamon Holmes. Harry Hans Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he doesn't like being called fat. Uh, he like I think he got like some beef going with Have I Got News for You for a while because uh, they kept making joke of his weight. Well, well, I've heard he uh, he makes all the um, the runners go into his dressing room and change all the mirrors to like funhouse mirrors that make him look really skinny <laughs> before he goes in. <laughs> and it, and one time they forgot to do it for like one of the little. You know the little makeup mirrors at the side, um, and he had them fired. <laughs> he was like, "This mirror's broken. I can't be dealing with fake mirrors." And, and like, and uh, he smashed it and threw it at them. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the invitation still stands for for Emma Watson or Kelsey Grammer to to come and refute these these claims that. Uh, <laughs> They've been stamping on mice to get their ass <laughs> off. Uh, you, you know, I heard so... that. Um, I heard that Holly Willoughby. Um, <laughs> I heard that Holly Willoughby just runs over, like when she sees a cat at the side of the road, she just like veers off to like onto the pavement to try and hit it, and. Uh, she just goes out like cruising residential streets late at night to try and run a, run down cats. And when, whenever she gets one, she goes ten points. <laughs> and uh, and she she goes out. Does she hang out with Philip Schofield? Oh, they're never apart. Yeah, so he's in the back seat with like a pad of a pad of paper and a pencil, like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes. There's one over there, Holly. There's one over there. And, and they're like blasting the uh, Joseph's Technicolor Dreamcoat soundtrack. <laughs> I've heard they uh, they go out, get drunk at like big events, and then turn up for work the next morning dressed in the same clothes, like still uh, pissed. They legitimately do that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not I'm not totally out of touch, Calvin. I know what's going oh, on. I know pop, pop culture, <laughs> pop culture island today. I've heard they do that, and then they. Uh, they they buy so much coke that they're like, oh, I've, I've, I've got too much coke. I can't possibly do anything with this. So they um they they've got a thing going where they they sort of there's a school just by the studio. So they kind of just like on the sly on the way into work they they sell coke to kids, <laughs> kids with cancer. <laughs> it's the little pleasures in life when you've got. A- and that's it. When people when people confront them about it. They go, oh come on, they they've not got many they've not got many joys in this life, so they're not going to live to be old enough to do it normally. Just let them have some coke. To be fair, though, that's good reasoning. Let them have a fag for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> We're not using any of this, are we? It's like literally. Oh, how wrong you were, Calvin. Well, I suppose you were half right. Up next is a selection of clips from our Suicide Squad episode. The first two were just very obvious tangents that were cut for time more than anything, because uh, they were completely off-topic and silly. And then there's a very short clip at the end that was cut due to the episode's proximity to the tragic event in Manchester that occurred after we recorded, but shortly before the episode was due to go up. Just seemed like a good idea to... Uh, let it breathe a bit before. Have a listen. So yeah, the god, the big god, witch things are, are taking over the city. And yes. Have you guys seen? Um, so the Nintendo Switch is now out, uh, and one of the games on it is called Arms. Have you guys Arms. seen any? Have you, no. you seen the trailer for Arms? No, I don't know what that is. Just, just, just Google it quickly and just have a look at Arms, because that's Arms. that's what I was thinking of. When I was watching these witch thing, Nintendo Switch Arms. <laughs> what? It's it's this game where these like yeah yeah, yeah it's like men boxing punch with, like, each springs. other with long ridiculous spring arms. That's all I could yeah. think of when I was watching the film. Is ah. how much the witch man brother looked like that because he had these stupid <laughs> springy arms. 
do you want to know? Do you want to know something interesting about this film? No, about the Nintendo Switch. Oh, then yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I've played one. Have you? Oh, even I haven't what, played one. What did you play? Uh, quite a Zelda? few. Quite a few different. Uh, the little. Just the games that are on it. I don't know what it is. I don't okay. know what the concept of it is. But like, it comes with the little. It's like it's like a Wii. And do you think it'll go down well in your retirement home? Oh no, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've played it because I was in the advert for it that <laughs> they were filming. <laughs> no way. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I was an extra. Well, is it, it out yet? Is it a was new it, advert that is now? We did it. it I did it like out? last week. So no. Was it oh, like no, one of those things where it's like you're supposed to? You've got like a mate who's got a game, and you and a couple of other friends like over there, and you're all yep. smiling. Yep. And... Yep. It'll be, was it one <laughs> yes! two switch? Was it what? Was it a game called One Two Switch? I don't know. There was game. You, you take the little controllers off the side, and then there's all d- loads of little <laughs> mini games on the thing. There's just yeah, yeah. Thing. One Two Switch. It's, I don't know it's what called. It so everyone, go and look up the trailer. Because by the time this episode comes out, the ad will probably be running. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, they just, they got us to, there was like six of us, or a bit more than that, actually. And they just said, right, you two play a game, you two play a game. And we all like had to really get cheery and energetic about it. And oh, it so was you, like, you were actually just playing it? You weren't yeah, like, yeah, they, we were genuinely playing the games. And like sometimes oh. it was quite good because you'd get into the game a little bit and everyone would like cheering. And so it was fine. Mm. But then sometimes the games aren't that exciting or like not so immediately so anyway. And so you kind of have to mm. like, all right, pretend you're happy that your guy won. Yay. <laughs> it's like, all right. um, so yeah. Well, I I'll tell you what. It, it was shit. Though. As it happens, I, I just defeated uh, Calamity Ganon on, on Breath of the Wild before. And Calamity eight, Ganon? And I've got about 880 Korok seeds. So... <laughs> Uh, no idea. I tell you what, Breath of the Wilds—that's a, a ten out of ten game. That so, Nintendo, if you want to send me a Switch because I've been playing it on the Wii U, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to 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 plug you in in the in the podcast but and it, all your games. It was a shit thing though. Nintendo, <laughs> send me send me stuff. What, it, Calvin likes Pokemon. If you want to send him a, oh, a Pokemon Moon or whatever. No, which one's what's the new one coming yes. out? Is it Pokemon Stars? Pokemon Stars. Send Calvin Pokemon Stars. Mm. And we'll we'll do a whole episode about it. Yes. That like in fact send us all Pokemon stars and a Switch Nintendo and we'll do a Pokemon episode. I don't yes. I don't want one. I'm alright. It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, do you know have you seen what it is? It's it's basically like a Wii, except yeah. smaller. Yeah, you were playing the one two switch, which is like a tech demo. It's like the standard glorified as a full yeah. game because yeah, yeah, they've yeah. not got they've launched the thing far too early. They haven't got any games ready to yeah. go yet. But but, the, but then Breath what? of the Wild is phenomenal. But it's a Wii U game. It's like a it's like a little console. Like what what is it? Are you supposed to be able to like take it with your places and stuff because it's too small. Yeah yeah. yeah it's, it's it's bridging the gap between home console and like Game Boys, Alan. To mm. use language that you'll understand. But it's got these little handles. It's got these little game play joystick things that clip to the side yeah. but yeah. then you have to have this other thing that you strap to your wrist but i don't know where that goes and it's like it's too oh. big to be really easily portable it's like just a bit too big like no but you can pop it in a bag and then pull it out if you want to play mario kart with people yeah but yeah and you can't see the screen because it's too it's small. easier than taking a playstation with you isn't it i don't know it's not it's pretty big how big is a playstation isn't it about the size of a tablet like a yeah like a, an ipad yeah yeah, well, people take them with them, don't they? Yeah, but it's yeah, but they're useful. What do you do on an iPad other than play games? I don't know. I haven't got one. Well, I'm telling you, this is gonna fail. It's gonna be a big bust. I play it's, it. It's, it's doing shit. pretty well for Nintendo at the moment. Um, and I might and not be the core demographic on it. There's good games on the horizon. We got Super Mario Odyssey on the way. We've we've got some good stuff on the way. They've just released too early. Why so. are you saying we? Are you in the pocket of Nintendo? Is this why you keep defending them? Shit. Well, Nintendo, send me some games. Right? I'm looking after you here. Like I already, I already got us to do a Mario episode. So I've already you already owe me for that. And this little end sequence was just indicative of that. Well, like having a massive budget doesn't necessarily mean much if you've got Will Smith in the cast. Like is his special trailer that he has to have like, <laughs> uh, taken up yes. a full street of wherever they're filming. Mm, very true. Very All true. That and stuff if- in there doesn't come cheap. 
if Jared Leto is expensing the uh, the postage for these gifts, he's sending all the uh, <laughs> cast members as well. That that'd add up. Oh, uh, you just reminded class. me. I don't think I've told you. Um, on this shoot I did the other day, I I had a wee next to Steve Buscemi. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> I just I just happened to go to the toilet at the same time as him, and I'm like, Oh, I thought you meant a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> no, no, a urination. <laughs> I was stood at the urinal and it was like, oh my God, Steve Buscemi's having a piss right next to me. <laughs> That's my biggest claim to fame so far. So what's, what's just, it look like? I think Is I, it bug-eyed too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I was professional. Yeah, sorry. You just reminded me of that about actors with trailers on the film. So. Yeah. Did he, did he like... Was he one of those people where like, for whatever reason, the wee's just coming out in short bursts? Like, <laughs> He's quite an old man um, now, you know. Kind of... Yeah. <laughs> um, right, where were we in this film? Yeah, so Calvin, how would you try and make sense of this mess? Well, I was very disappointed at the lack of suicide in a film called Suicide <laughs> Squad. So um, my pitch for a uh, a a suicide squad film is um a bunch of old people are living in a hospice and um oh, they I thought have, I uh, thought you were going to do like a superhero team and one of them's like a terrorist and one of them's a kamikaze pilot <laughs> <laughs> Oh no this this was very almost a film set in Afghanistan <laughs> it was very close to uh being that, but uh, I I decided to move away from that just so that Hamas I don't want to be on their radar as you know um, <laughs> potential enemy anyway. I do. I, I've heard I've heard they stomp and... on mice. <laughs> that's it. That's where we'll get our controversy. That's not the beef we want. <laughs> Up next is a sequence that was cut from our. Review of the year 2017 part one episode, looking back at the first six months, Alan had prepared a variety of games for us to play, well three, two of which made it into the episode, but this one, whilst arguably being the best one, was cut for time. So, here you are. I've got a little game for Fast and Furious. Oh, another game. Oh, okay. A little one. This game is the time with Fast and Furious. It's called Fast or Furious. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so what okay. what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of a celebrity and you have to tell me if they've been convicted of a driving offence or an, a violent crime oh what if, yes! what if it's both oh this is going to be so good what if it's both like Matthew Broderick I've, I've tried to find people who haven't done both uh, I've tried to be specific about <laughs> so that there's no Matthew Broderick in there <laughs> okay <laughs> oh no Matthew Broderick's my first one. <laughs> oh shit he's both at the same time yeah. well that's well no he killed someone with a car well, okay, let's break this down then. For Use this as an example. Matthew Broderick was convicted of careless driving. That's a driving offence. He did kill two people. Two? But it wasn't a violent crime. It was an accident and he didn't do it deliberately. So that's the crucial difference here. I'll just throw them out at you. You can work as a team. So, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Violent offence. Furious. Violent offence. Yes, yeah, furious. furious. He's furious. He do is. you know what he's been convicted of? He, he beat the shit out of a Vietnamese man? Yeah, because uh, yeah, he was. He did. Wasn't he running away from the police at the time, and they beat him up and then stole his coat or something? Uh, I don't know. He, but yeah, he was a bit of a tear away as a team. I, I, I uh, thought it was a racially charged uh, violent crimes. hate crime. Uh, not exactly. I think he used racial epithets at the time, but I don't think it was a racially motivated. He was just uh, okay. wrong place, at the wrong time. Didn't the didn't the guy need a, like a permanent wheelchair afterwards? Anyway, the oh. the point is that uh, he's a violent criminal. So if he damaged one of his eyes, then he wouldn't be able to go to Transformers and see the 3D effects of the Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Bill Gates? Mm. I'm going to say fast. I think I would say fast, yeah. He probably got parking offences or Yeah, I reckon he was just speeding in his car really quickly. Bill Bill Gates, back in the 70s before he was Bill Gates. Driving without a license. Well, I was going to say, he, he won't drive himself anywhere these days, will he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, what about this one? Uh, this is a tough one. Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh. I reckon he is... I think drink driving. I'm going to say furious. I'm going to say fast. Ooh, split sentence. Yeah. Uh, he's been convicted of drink driving four yes. times. Yeah. He has been arrested for headbutting someone, but no charges were brought. Ah, so. mm. Cheryl Cole. 
Oh, that's, oh. that's definitely furious. Yeah, she, that's furious. Uh, I heard she stomped on some mice in a in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think she stomped on a girl in a toilet. Actually, I think. It was... <laughs> uh, well, I think she threw a phone into her face, uh, causing um, actual bodily harm, and was convicted of that. <laughs> yeesh. Yikes. Okay, next one. That was an easy one. Next one. Charles S. Dutton. Who's oh, that? furious. Remind me who that is. He's he's the uh he's in Alien 3. He's the uh, the preacher guy with the glasses. Oh, the, the yeah, leader yeah, of the prison. Furious, yeah. yeah. Furious. Do you know the story behind this one, Calvin? I don't know the story. I just know he killed a man, didn't he? Yeah, it seems like when he was a teenager, from what I read it seemed like it was a fight that, you know, he killed the guy. Uh so he was done for manslaughter, did 7 years in prison. Mm. Uh, then did did another three years for breaking his parole because he had a weapon, something like that. Uh, but uh, in prison, you know, uh, started a drama society, and that's how he got into acting. Uh, so there you go. It does. It led to his renaissance. Mm. The system works, everyone. Um, okay, next, uh, Halle Berry. Oh, furious! I'm gonna say fast. She was done for a hit and run. Uh, so Ooh. fast. So it wasn't a deliberate violent crime or anything. But yeah, she crashed into something and just drove off. Hmm. <laughs> As you do. Okay, final one. Nice easy one for you. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> uh, oh, both? Is <laughs> he fast or furious? Um, now remember, this is what he's been convicted of. Oh. I'm going to say fast. Yeah, it's fast. It could easily it? be either. Uh, he's been convicted of drink driving. Yeah. So that is a vehicle, yeah. vehicle. No, I don't think he's done anything specifically violent, but yeah, lots of substance abuse in his past. Well, he, that's he, what it's he, all about. He tried to kill Bart Simpson repeatedly, but he never actually <laughs> did it. <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> no, that was fun. I like these games. All right. So what about a, um, a cheater? Fast or furious? <laughs> oh, uh, both. Uh, no, they're not furious. They're just hungry. <laughs> but they're furious if you like kick them and run away. They can be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, they don't like chase down like deer because they're really pissed off. <laughs> like the deer comes and boots them and then runs off. And now here's yet another clip from that same episode. This time in which we revisited our Suicide Squad episode, which we which we recorded in anticipation of Wonder Woman in which Calvin suggested the idea of a real-life Suicide Squad, featuring convicted felons, criminals, and what have you. I came back to the idea here with um, some firmer ideas. Anyway, I've got a little thing I've prepared here. Um, I didn't want to send you guys off without a a sequel pitch. Uh, remember in our, our Suicide Squad episode, Calvin, you, you suggested a real-life Suicide Squad? Yes. Well, I, I've been thinking about this. Alan Alan got annoyed with us for going off on a tangent at the time, so I thought I'd, I'd have a think about it and come back with a, a full list of people. So this is my, mm. my pitch for another Suicide Squad sequel, is just real-life Suicide Squad. Calvin gets a, a story by credit or something. <laughs> Based on the original idea. <laughs> yeah. um, so the rules for this are, they all have to be, if not convicted, at least arrested, taken to court, and what have you. And they all have to be still alive. They were my my criteria for picking people. So um, intelligence officer Henry Kissinger assembles uh, <laughs> Task Force X. <laughs> now, Brilliant. he he just seemed like the right guy for this because he you know he he's, he hangs yeah. around and yeah. sort of manages these unsavory types. Um, but I do want to make it clear, you know, he's not. <laughs> I'm not painting him as a an outright villain. He he's averted nuclear war on multiple occasions uh, when when Richard Nixon would get drunk and order a nuclear strike on North Korea, and he would sort of then phone <laughs> up afterwards and be like, just leave it till the morning when he's sober. I mean, he did he did win the Nobel Peace Prize. You can't you can't argue with that. And he did lose well, his glasses in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let them know I left them in the toilet. Deadshot. Who do you think I've got? In the role of Deadshot, who was the guy who went to the top of that clock tower and like? Shot no, he's, he's nothing to do with shooting, my guy. I couldn't, I couldn't oh. sync them up. I what just wanted this? him in here. Well, well I don't know. So, uh, anyway, all right, I've cast. <laughs> so it's the one mass shooter that didn't kill himself. No, it's Mark Wahlberg, right? Because he seems like a Will Smith type. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought we were going for like actual criminals. <laughs> he is. He's a convicted oh, oh, guy who right, beat up fine. that Vietnamese man. 
Yeah, but he's not like he's not like Ian Brady. Uh, and then Rebecca Brooks, who I suggested in our episode, she's uh, our Harley Quinn. Yeah, yes, that's okay. Good. Uh, El Diablo, <laughs> I've gone with Anjum Chowdhury. Are you familiar with him? That no. that twat. He's a provocateur, radicalist. Um, oh, is he the one with the hook? Knobhead. No, no, no. He's 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 pro terrorism with uh, like as much as you can be within the law, and he's very. Mm. He's got so a he's very bit, yeah, legally savvy it, mind. He'll come out and say whatever he can up to a point, and then kind of he, he's a twat, and he's in jail now anyway. So oh, good. So why don't you find someone who's like a known arsonist or something? Because that's not as fun. Why? <laughs> <laughs> this just sounds like you're listing people you don't like. And I am. Moves. So Martin Screlly is playing Captain Boomerang. Who's Martin? Oh right, yeah, that he's, twat. you know Screlly. Yeah, yeah look him yeah, up. Yeah. He's a knowhead. Um, he, he's been Who? arrested on some. He... He bought like recently. he bought like some patent for like HIV medication and then increased the price of it by like three hundred percent or something ridiculous. Like no, it was even more than that, wasn't it? it was like that, that's yeah, that's what he he increased the price basically from like seven dollars a thingy to about three hundred dollars per yeah. pill or something. Um, What's wrong with that? <laughs> Capitalism. Well, that's yeah. straight up. That's the American that's, dream. Yeah, right but there. the sort of moral. Um... Yeah, he he's. He's a real life villain, though. He, you know, the Wu Tang Clan auctioned off that that album that was like, "This is an album we've made, and it's one copy, and we're auctioning it off to the highest bidder." He bought that, and then he he came out before Trump was elected and was promising everyone he'd release his collection of like exclusive Wu Tang Clan music, Beatles tracks no one had heard that he allegedly had all this music. He would release it if uh, people went out and elected Trump. And then when Trump got in, he sort of instead said there was some legal like reason why he couldn't do that. So he just released a video of himself listening to the album, <laughs> like with headphones. <laughs> like, I don't, to be honest, oh, this sounds like someone you'd really like. Well, <laughs> like that's a classic. Fuck I've, you I've to put people. him in my film, haven't I? You know, I, I, I think he's a colourful character. Is there a lot of crossover between Wu Tang fans and Trump voters? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I've got Mike Tyson as our Killer Croc guy, convicted rapist. Okay, so Mike yeah, Tyson. see where you go with that. Yeah, just a big yeah, guy, and, big, um, big violent guy. OJ Simpson as Slipknot. <laughs> just, <laughs> I wanted good. him in there somewhere. Now, um, now they're placed under the command of Eron Gnoji. Gno Joni. Is he some like African warlord? <laughs> no, he oh. is. Um, are you familiar with GamerGate? Uh, no. no. Okay, well, he he was an ex-boyfriend of this uh, video game journalist who posted a a whole load of stuff about her online and started this campaign of very unfair sexist abuse that's uh, tarnished video game, like, players as twats. What's fair sexist abuse? Um, consenting stuff in the bedroom, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so one of one of Kissinger's uh, intended recruits is Shirley Phelps Roper, who is currently a, the sort of ipso facto leader of Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, ever since Fred Phelps okay. died, I don't think they've got an official leader anymore. But but she quickly turns on Kissinger and you know calls him a fag enabler, condemns him for preventing nuclear war on multiple occasions feels like a hellfire raining upon the planet would be what God wants. So she escapes and she goes on a rampage, converting passers-by into members of Westboro Baptist Church, who are then completely under her bidding. Um, So Henry Kissinger has to deploy the squad to stop her. And so then we we get some flashbacks about this, but Rebecca Brooks' partner in evil is uh, Rupert Murdoch, obviously. So he finds out about her predicament and rushes to basically buy her out of harm's way. And then we get this flashback sequence where we see them being taken down by a uh, handsome millionaire playboy vigilante, mm. Hugh Grant. Ah. <laughs> and uh, uh, just a load of yeah, action. Brilliant. Yeah, load of action nonsense. Partway through, they're joined by Katana. So in this instance, I have gone with someone whose uh, conviction was related to a samurai sword. Alan, you might be able to get this. Uh, hang on, a samurai yeah. sword? Oh no, I don't know. Danny John Jules, who played the cat in Red Dwarf. 
What did he attack someone with a samurai? <laughs> yeah, do you not know about this? I haven't heard of this. <laughs> he he got arrested because he like he he got annoyed with some bin men for not taking his bin. <laughs> so he came he came out in a dressing gown, brandishing his samurai sword. Oh, and I think <laughs> <laughs> And I think he like kicked them in the shin or something and uh, got some community service for it, but uh <laughs> Oh yeah, so like they do Suicide Squad, that's it. But yeah, going back to Hugh Grant in our Batman role, um, he himself has toyed with the dark side as well, kind of like Batman does, you know, towing the line, because he, he's also a... Uh, he's brushed, well, yeah, brushed he with the law. For... <laughs> yeah. There's the obvious one with the uh, with the hookers, but also he assaulted that paparazzo with some baked beans that time, which is... <laughs> which I think is something we can all sympathise with. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's like... setting up... It's setting up a sequel where he becomes corrupted and uh, turns into the Condiment King, running Yay. around throwing baked beans <laughs> at people. Brilliant. Not quite, not quite a condiment, but you know, close enough. <laughs> so, so there we go. Who who'd be in your real life Suicide Squad? Why don't you write in and? I'd have like proper murderers. I'd have Jeffrey Dahmer and um, Ian Brady, Rosemary they're, they're West. They're all dead though. They're all dead. Doesn't matter. See, I thought you want people who'd committed suicide. Oh. Like Kurt Cobain and... Uh, <laughs> is, um, <laughs> is, um, is Henry Kissinger still alive? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Who'd be in our suicide, suicide squad then, like Alan suggested? Kurt Cobain, Robin Williams. Tony Scott can direct. <laughs> Dear. What? We're naming people who committed suicide. Like, at what point is this going to end to good taste? <laughs> I don't know why that one pushed. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, so, um, yeah, there's, that's Wonder Woman. And, uh... <laughs> and now I've saved the best for last. This is the clip I mentioned at the start, which was from our Thunderball recording. This was from the era when we were pitching us an episode of Frasier almost every episode, and we got very giddy during this recording. And and well, I'll 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 let you listen. Try and make sense of it for yourself. What sitcom do you think James Bond would like? Ah, uh, oh, good question. Probably something quite miserable like Steptoe and Son, or uh, no, to the no, no that's, that's way too class. Yeah, yeah. It depends what Bond we're talking about as well. Like, uh, are we talking Connery's Bond or Brosnan's Bond, Craig's Bond? Um, let's let's do Sean Connery's Bond, and we'll do the others in a subsequent episode. Okay, Sean Connery. He, he, I bet you he'd like, he'd enjoy. Um, are you being served? <laughs> no. He'd love all that innuendo about pussies. What's that uh... Scottish one about the guys who dress up as like old men and um... still game? Still game. Yeah, you would like Still Game actually because it's Scottish. Yeah, uh. Still Game's great. It's one of my favourites. Mm. <laughs> Roger Moore would like. Um, are you being served? Yeah, smut. Smut of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Dad's Dad's Army is a good bet in general for Bond because it's like got war stuff and like heroic mm. people. You, you, we all know which one uh, George Lazenby likes, though, right? Catherine Kim. Catherine Kim, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm really happy you said that because that was the only Australian sitcom I could think of. <laughs> it's the only one. <laughs> oh, God. Right, should we stop recording? Yeah, probably. Should we say goodbye? Right. Oh, do we normally? I don't know. <laughs> we normally just find an end point and then one of us records a little. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, friend of Hadgrid. <laughs> that was my spider from Harry Potter impression. Do do an impression of Frasier saying goodbye, as if he's presenting his radio show. Oh, okay. That's all for today, Seattle. This is Frasier Crane, KACL 780. Talk radio. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Now, Sol, now you do your Frasier. <laughs> Hello, my name's Dr. <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> Welcoming you to another end of the show. I'll see you all tomorrow morning for more Frasier Beats FM. <laughs> 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 Where I, Dr. Fraser Crane, doctor of hip beats, pick out <laughs> the, the the hottest new tunes from around the world. <laughs>
he's a, he's a doctor in the same sense as Doctor Dre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan. Yes. Do you want to do your Kelsey Grammer impression? Do you want to I don't share know if I need to get involved in this phrase? Okay. obsession. You're very unimpressed with our Kelsey Grammer obsession these more recent episodes, aren't you? I think I think it might have a limited lifespan. <laughs> no, I, I think I think we can run this for years. <laughs> do do an impression of Niles then, Alan. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was something like, oh, Frasier, I'm, I'm in love with this woman, I'm married to this woman, oh my gosh. Oh, that's, that's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Calvin, I want to hear your Lil- Lilith. Well, you you never hear Lilith. Who's Lilith? N- Niles' wife. No, she's in it. Oh, no, Lilith. Oh, sorry. No, that's Maris. Um, Lilith is Fraser's ex-wife. Oh, is it Fraser? Yes. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah, go on. Do me. She's like a hard face. Is Niles so straight? You, you <laughs> <laughs> well, Not in real life. It's the crux of the whole show is that he's obsessed with this woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe not if Calvin's anything to go by. Okay. Um, let, me find, <laughs> let, let me find a Lilith quote. Lilith Sternen quote. It'd be, it'd be something like, Fraser, you've disappointed your son again. <laughs> Calvin, I'd, I'd rather hear you do an impression of uh, Joey Tribbiani's um... <laughs> he's just come home and he, he's he's carrying five uh, big sandwiches because they were on buy one get one free and he thought, well, I re- I'm, I'm hungry so he bought five and ate five <laughs> but now he's got five free oh, I thought ones. you were going to say they were on buy one get one free but he managed to buy an odd number like, Joey, <laughs> <stupid>. <laughs> no 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 he, he just he didn't he didn't factor in the free ones when he was buying them so now he's got five sandwiches that he needs to eat but he's too full and um, he's taken them home and uh, and Ross hasn't eaten all day so because uh, Ross has been working on a paper on dinosaurs <laughs> So Joey's got to put the sandwiches in the fridge and keep Ross away and sort of tell him, like, don't you eat these sandwiches, Ross. Take it away, Calvin. <laughs> what? Uh, am I doing Wait both minute, characters? I'll, I'll lead you in. I'll do Ross. Okay, okay. Uh, um, uh, oh, what, what's that you got? Is that a, a sandwich? Oh. Is no, that a sandwich, uh, Joey? <laughs> they're, uh, they're my sandwiches. <laughs> Could you have any more sandwiches? (laughs) I don't know what's happened. (laughs) No, I know we've gone off on a tangent again. There you go, a a ramshackle Frankenstein episode. Hope you enjoyed it all the same. Hopefully we'll be back next week, and and you know what, if you're someone who just subscribes to the feed and this episode's dropped in your box, maybe go check out our social media pages and make sure that we're not dead, you know? Because Alan might need condoling. To play us out, I'll leave you with a clip from the end of our Prometheus episode, which, if you remember, concluded with us getting very silly and doing lots of voices and impressions. Alan and Calvin had stopped recording by this point, so it's just me solo losing my fucking mind. I hope it won't put you off from joining us again next week. Yeah, have a pleasant seven days. Oh, oh, oh damn. Oh, really now? We should, let's reenact Krusty Gets Busted from memory. Come on, boy. Let's go for some chocolate frosty milkshakes. Oh, jeez, Dad, I hate chocolate frosty milkshakes. Why, you little... Oh, homie, 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 you mustn't strike the child. Dad, I read a study that says you mustn't strike children. Oh, I'm going to the store.
Oh, it's me, Krusty the Clown. Well, hey. <laughs> oh, but it's not me. <laughs> oh. No, <laughs> it's me, Mr. Burns. Ooh, the hell of it. The hell of it all. Oh, Mr. Burns, it's me, Smithers. That's Homer, and he's a very bad employee. Oh, hey, what's the matter, Homer? It's Mo, your best pal. Oh, Homer, I'm Barney, and I'm drunk. And Lenny! And Carl. I can't do Carl, apparently. Hi, Leo, it's me, Flanderino. <laughs> Clancy.